Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the CISO Talk podcast. It's a special episode. Um, it's I've got seven, eight episodes ahead um, already recorded, and and those will be live next week. We'll go back to the guest shows, but I've been getting a lot of emails and messages with a lot of questions, and uh, with my recent announcement of my new role, I've had people ask me about it. So I've decided that for Passover, since this Wednesday, uh, Tuesday will be right before uh, the Jewish holiday of Passover and the Exodus that I will take this time. And instead of putting out a traditional guest episode, I would put out a Q and a in my, my journey uh, over the last uh, year or so as a CISO. So that's what the episode is all about today. We're going to get the show going with just myself. I hope you're ready. Tune in. Here we go. CISO talk time. Y'all from the cyber hub bunker in studio. You're listening to the CISO Talk Podcast. No sales, no bullshit, just straight talk. Straight talk. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. All right, so we're back. If you haven't subscribed to the CISO Talk Podcast, you should. Uh, give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast listening platform. Go to cyberhubpodcast.com. There's a link to Podchaser where if you actually go and give us a review there, it actually pushes up our ranking, and I'll be forever grateful for all of those that do that. i am also started a Substack. Now, as many of you know, I don't often bring sponsors on the show because I'm very – I want our content to be unbiased. Um, that's why I do specific things without sponsorship, and we do have some sponsored content, and we do have some sponsors, but many companies – Let's be honest, they don't want to do my style of interviews. They don't want to go hardball on, on, on a topic or a question. They want the softball stuff, and typically, you know, there's there's other avenues to do that. So with that being said, my sub, my Substack is where I release a weekly article um, around some of the programs I've built, uh, some really good tips and tidbits, and it's a great way for you to financially support this podcast. It's not very expensive. It's 50 bucks a year or $5 a month. So you know, uh, by subscribing for the whole year, you, you save $10. And this economic times wanted to make something really kind of readable. I'm not looking to make money off of this per se. Um, but but if you're interested, you, you can see the link to my Substack in the show notes, go there, check it out. Definitely worth some time. So let's get into my CISO journey over the last, you know, six, seven months. And and kind of the whole story of where I landed today as, as the CTO and CSO over at AP4 Group. And, and I've switched environments i've switched verticals I've, I've been known for for so many times as being a fintech and financial services CISO. that's been my playground since probably around 2009 and um and it was very very uh scary and difficult for me to make this decision to go into a different vertical a vertical that i didn't understand a lot about from a cyber challenge perspective i've read a lot of material on it but understanding how it operates, I know how a bank operates. I know how a payment company operates. I've worked in them and I've founded some. And so I'm very well aware of, of what the business is looking for, what the stack looks like, who the vendors are, who are the big players, who are the small players, what's disruptive technology, what's just fluff. I've done all of that. Going into utilities for me was, was very, very, very different. And th- this was one of the first questions I got when I announced the role uh, several weeks ago on LinkedIn what are you doing? Why are you switching industries? Did you have a hard time finding a job in finance or were you just looking for a change? A little bit of both. So 
I, I did get a, a few offers and, and the job search for CISOs, I think, is, is sometimes worse than what people think it is. It's, it's very, very difficult. It's, it's not only very difficult, there's a lot of people talking, but very few people doing. And so what you end up with is months and, and you realize the process takes, you know, anywhere from a month to two to really go through the interview process and negotiate your contract and everything else. So, so you've really got to be steadfast. So if you're looking to become a CISO, you really have to be steadfast in your understanding that it's going to take time. It's going to take planning. And then once you land the role, save, save money and put money on the side because the day your role ends, it will take you a while to find your next role. And you want to be able to hold off and still be able to support your family while still looking for that right role. So you don't get lowballed which a lot of people did to me, by the way, they thought that I was desperate to find another role and that I was willing to take anything that got thrown my way. And I wasn't, I wasn't going to give a hometown discount to anyone. And I wasn't really going to take below what I feel I should be earning for the knowledge and professionalism I bring to the role as a CISO. Now that may sound conceited to some folks, but it's really not, I'm not trying to come off as either conceited or any other way. I'm just we have to know what our value is as professionals. We have to know what the market going rate is for it. And we have to be willing to ask for it and not willing to compromise. At the end of the day, there were factors for me in, in the job search that were important. What's the cybersecurity budget? Who am I reporting to? What's the company's short-term goals? What's the company's long-term goals? How does security roll into the tech, to the, to, to the technology and operation side of the business? And if something seemed off for me, if something, I'm not looking for the perfect role, right? So I realized every role we take on, we have challenges, but you want to take a role where you can be successful, where you have the chance to be able to build, rebuild, grow a security program. When I'm a practitioner, I love cyber. That's the reason I do these podcasts. That's the reason I do mentoring. I love cybersecurity. It's my passion. It, I, I don't wake up and go to work. I wake up and I do something I love. And so for me, I wanted a role where I can do what I love and, and try to have as little interference as I possibly could doing what I love. And a lot of offers weren't like that. A lot of interviews and a lot of ghosting and a lot of you know people reaching out saying, we've definitely got something and nothing, or you go through four or five interviews. You're told you're in the top two. You're supposed to get an offer. You don't companies do that to CISOs as weird as that may seem. And I know people trying to break into cyber. I feel your pain um, going through that over since, since November, end of November, December to, to really, you know, uh, February, March, I, I've seen it. I, I've spoken to people. I've spoken to other peers and, and I've been told the same. You know, we've gone through conversations. We get ghosted. We'll go through job interviews and we don't get anything um, or we, we'll get an offer that's a complete lowball or they'll put in the job description a lowball um, offer for salary so you don't even apply. And then when you don't apply, they say, well, why aren't you applying? Well, because it's not in my range. Well, that's negotiable. Then why not put your real range? 
if you want someone with 10 years of experience and you want to pay them 180,000 a year for a CISO role, you're not getting that person. The people who are going to apply for that role are not going to have 10 years because no one with 10 years is going to take that salary. No one with 10 years of experience would take that pay. And HR folks and people in organizations need to hear that. The responsibility that falls on the shoulders of a CISO is immense. The knowledge and the amount of dedication it takes to be effective in your role is insane. It really is. We have the most diverse team in the company by all stretch of the imagination. And I'll explain how. I've done this. Uh, I've had this conversation with Olivia. I've had this conversation with Don Pekka on, on this season. I've had this conversation with other folks that you'll see coming up during the podcast where we talk about, when we always talk about diversity in the workforce, we talk about one, the diversity of the team, which is very much needed. It Absolutely. And we need to get better at diversification of our team, but we need to hire qualified candidates and then build a team. So you've kind of got to be able to hire a bunch of free agents that you know can get the job done, but you've also got to be able to draft and build talent because that's the only way your security program will go internally and you'll have a chance to bring someone in and really mature them to a role you want them to become, especially from a leadership perspective. So, so there, there's, there's those aspects to it, but we, we have the most diverse team because we cover every single aspect of the business. So you do need someone on your team that understands finance to potentially be the security engineer for all financial products on your company side. A lot of people hire cloud security engineers. Well, that's wonderful. That's great. You need someone who understands the cloud. Do you have someone who understands Oracle or, or whatever, you know, financial tools your company uses for accounts, receivable, payable, payroll, everything that falls under the CFO. You would need someone who understands how finance works and also has a passion for security. Those are hard to find, but once you find them, you can mature them. If you find someone who's in accounting, who wants to grow into security, that's the person you reach out to and you take. That's the diversity of our team in skills and in knowledge. DevOps, you got to have DevSecOps people in there that know how to deploy security in the IDE, work with the team on secure code development and so forth. That's some. That's a different set of skills, a different way of thinking. You've got to have your cloud security engineers. You've got to have your GRC and audit folks. You've got to have your red teamers, your blue teamers, your analysts, your architects. Our team is diverse in skills. It's diverse because, and every one of those skills requires a diverse set of experiences. And that creates a pool of diversity that really only cybersecurity can provide an organization. Because there's no one way. You're doing security awareness. You're trying to sell security internally. Have you hired someone for marketing? Th- those, those, are question, those are questions we, we constantly have to ask ourselves. But th- that's the challenge of a CISO. You're having to manage all these different personalities, all these different set of skills. And you've got to have a little bit of knowledge on all of that. If not, <laughs> at least a mid-level amount of knowledge. You may not need to be an expert in every discipline of cyber, but you sure as hell need to understand it. And understand that enough to be able to understand that your team's making the right decisions, they're taking on the right risks, when they're explaining something, you're able to make the right decision because you've, you're, you're getting the right information, you're processing it through your plan, and not a lot of roles have that kind of you know range inside of an organization. The CISO role does, the CSO role does. And so that's the lowball offer of of kind of what's going on in, in, in the market today. And you'll see a lot of these roles. By the way, one, one, one critical thing is look how many times they've tried to hire for this role and how often and how big's the team. 
a red flag of going to work for a company, by the way, team is if you're getting hired for a role that they're always hiring for. And you can always kick that from the recruiter where, you know, someone internally in the company that's doing the initial interview to check the match. Well, how many of these roles have you hired in the last year? Oh, well, we've hired about 10 people. How big is the team? 10 people. So you have 100% turnover? Ask the question. That's a red flag. You may not want to continue there because what's going on in the company that they can't keep analysts or engineers on? Is it a toxic culture? Is it a lack of tooling? Bad management? What is it? Successive events? I know people that go into organizations as engineers or architects or analysts, and they'll call me two, three months later and go, we've just been in back-to-back events. We're, we're, we just can't get our head above water. That's true for some security programs. And that's important to ask yourself those questions. And that's why CISOs take their time. That's why if you're striving to become a leader, you want to understand to have the reserve to take your time to look for the right role for you. Not all of us can do that. And I understand it. And sometimes we have to compromise. Get that. But I'm just sharing my experience. I'm glad I had some money on the side. I did some consulting work while I was looking. I was able to slowly kind of identify the right opportunity, negotiate the team at AP4 I've been working with for, for, for months on in, and it just made sense, and it was a good fit, and we're able to come to terms, and it was just smooth, and it's a great group of people, and it was a different industry, and that's where I got scared, and I had a bit of cold feet, and it took me a little bit of time to go, I can do this, because utilities is very, very complex. Utilities carries a lot of responsibility. Utilities is the essence of how we all operate. So that was very, very scary for me. Not not in the level of could I do it or not, but I've got to study and do something completely different. And I've got a bunch of books behind me on this side, and I've got more books here. They're all about utilities. Now, I know cyber, and I know how cyber and the disciplines of cybersecurity and the disciplines of technology. I don't know the business of utilities. And the business of utilities is extremely complex because the government has made it a cluster with regulation. It's so regulated. It's so tightly wound, so tightly regulated. And there's so much dysfunction. And because of that dysfunction, that dysfunction in, in, in management and operation actually comes down to security as well and impacts the grid. And when you hear challenges, when you see Robert Lee, the CEO of Dragos uh, uh, on the Capitol talking about the Russians or the Chinese in our network, they're probably there. We just don't know it. It's because of those challenges. And so that's that's where I've stepped into. That's that's the battlefield I've entered. I'm glad I entered it. I'm glad I entered it with AP4. Um, and I'm excited for what I'm going to learn in this role and potentially the changes we can make. Uh, I'm, I'm no stranger to that. The other beauty of this role is it's going to uh, also give me the time to continue to produce this content that I absolutely love that all of you tune in for and, and, and send me messages on LinkedIn and through the website and and in so many other ways of, of how much um, you find the content to be useful. And so with that being said, I want to answer some Q and A's that I've gone over over the last several months and um, just kind of give you some insights again before anything i'll say the reason i wanted to do this is because it's passover and the jewish passover is the story of exodus if you're not religious or biblical 
The story of Exodus is when Moses took the Israelites out of Egypt and led them to the promised land. So they spent 40 years in the desert. This will air on Tuesday. The following night on Wednesday night, uh, almost every Jewish family in the world will sit around the table and they'll read the story of Exodus. And we'll talk, um, we'll read about the 10 plagues that plagued Egypt, the miracles that God performed, and the 40 years in the desert. <laughs> and um, that all culminates 50 days later with Shavuot and the receiving of the Torah. The reason I say that is because I'm in, we're all kind of in a sort of an exodus at some point in security because we're all being led out of a promised land. The promised land could be, we're all being led out of uh, some sort of bad event. Uh, something we don't want to be in, whether it be a cybersecurity incident, a bad situation and whatnot. And so a lot of the questions I, I got today kind of went into that <laughs> and were, I'm in a bad situation and so forth. And we're going to get to those here in just a sec, I promise. And so I, I wanted to share that because the story of Exodus kind of uh, linked it to, to several of those questions. So I'm going to go ahead and do this and I'm going to put myself on the hot seat. Here. So I'm on the hot seat. So the first question, and I've got the questions uh, here. So if you see me looking away from the camera, it's because I'm there. So the first question I got is from John. John asked me, um, I'm currently in a role with a big company of Fortune 100, and I'm just not getting anything done. What do you recommend I do um, in searching for a new role? The money's good. I've been looking um, outside. I'm probably not going to be able to make the same money and get the satisfaction for the work I do. What would you do in my shoes? Great question by John. Um, and I'm not saying last names intentionally, y'all. Um, so ju just keeping that in with this one, I even changed the person's first name because I didn't want anyone going to look up this person. So uh, ju just so you know. So I've anonymized some of these questions um, because I didn't want people going and looking for the, for these folks or if someone in, on, in the company listens. I didn't want to put him in that position. So, so I'll tell John the following. Um, we don't always get what we want, right? <laughs> There's a constant challenge with finding a good role with everything you've got that matches the money on the, on the other end. That, that's a definite challenge, and you're not always going to find it. And the roles that you typically find don't pay you what you want because – Typically, it's a company, it's either in the infancy of its cyber program or its infancy as a company, like in my last role at Glorify. The reason I took it wasn't for the money. I took it for, because it was an upside. It was a startup, and I got to build a security program. And man, oh, man, did I build a security program there, John. So, and I got to deal with so many different things and, and work across every single discipline, and we were a small team, and, and I had awesome people like Tom and Reggie and Benson and Zev and we were just machines and, and we were getting amazing support from, from our CEO, Bill and Bo and Dwayne. And it was a team and, and it broke my heart when we couldn't continue our mission um, with the company, when the company went bankrupt and I missed those people dearly. And, and that's the one question I would tell you is if the people you're working with are good and you're having a good time and you're making good enough money, yes, the job is boring, but eventually it's not. Eventually, the job stops being repetitive because eventually there's something that changes everything. The other thing I would tell you, John, go talk to your CISO. Go talk to your leader. See if you can take on something else. Work cross-discipline. Uh, look across the org. Uh, potentially start building bridges with other lines of business. Understand what other lines of business are doing. 
and start to bring that into your meetings with cyber leadership and take some initiative. That's typically a great way to solve that. I, I promise you, you won't regret this. Try that. And then if you're still not fulfilled, if you can't find anything, if people are telling you to sit down and shut up, then I would sit with your family, make that decision with your family over what your next steps are. Can you afford to take less money at a time of high inflation and high costs to go do something you love? Um, if you can, it's wonderful. Go do it. If not, stick around. Wait till you find the right opportunity. It will come. And when it does, pounce. Simple as that. I've got a question here from Megan. So Megan is is asking a very interesting question. She, she's she's <laughs> all right, Megan. Here we go. So I, I didn't see all of these questions before. I got to let y'all know the interns kind of set these up. So so just be kind with me here because I didn't want to have pre-written answers and, and and give you some scripted stuff. So Megan has a question around diversity and the seriousness of of her opinion being taken in the cybersecurity field. So, um, Megan, I, I will tell you this. There are some toxic cultures in some organizations in cybersecurity for women. However, there's many, many successful women in cybersecurity, many. Um, Marnie, who's the CISO over at booking.com. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting Phyllis Woodruff over at... Um, I believe it's a thesis or a, or a global payments. Uh, there, there's amazing, amazing women. Olivia Rose, who was on the show, um, Naomi Buckwalter. I mean, there's a ton of women, um, and I'm forgetting. I'm leaving a whole bunch off, right? And I, I apologize because I should be able to name more, and and, and I'm blanking. So so I'm, I'm I'm sorry, but I will say that there are a ton of women that are very, very successful in security. And yes, there are a ton of uh, folks who, who, who may sometimes feel like they, they, they need to uh, uh, flex in front, in front of someone from the opposite sex. What I would tell you is if the culture is toxic, uh, fight it, file a complaint with HR, talk to your boss. If, if it's your boss, talk to their boss um, and bring that to their attention. In today's world, uh, there shouldn't be a difference over who brings the good idea. There shouldn't be, uh, every opinion should be taken for, for its face value of being valid. And, and in security, we practice, I say we practice security because very much like medicine, there's no one solution for all. We try stuff and if the stuff works, wonderful. We write it off. That's a policy. That's a new process. And we move on. And if it doesn't work, if it's horrible, <laughs> we do, we, we, we scratch the idea and we, we go try to find something else and in security, Sometimes in these brainstorming sessions, things do, do, get, do get challenging. They just do. And when they do, what I would say is um, don't take everything personal. But if you are in a toxic environment, best way to deal with it, HR, manager, your manager's manager. And um, if it's still toxic, then, then reach back out and we'll, I'm sure the whole gang here will jump on board to help. So there's, there's that. We'll get to two more questions here. So, I've got a question from An uh, uh, Rakesh. All right, Rakesh. Sorry. Um, so, so the question from Rakesh is: Do you think that cybersecurity is going to become more nationalized? Um, I work in a center in India, and we're starting to lose customers because they don't want to outsource outside of their countries. 
So there's that's that's a great question and that's a risk question and, and I think it changes based on organizations. I don't think outsourcing is ever going to go away, Rakesh. I think we're still going to use uh, services and 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 we're going to look for ways to to get maximum services for minimum costs. And 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 fortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, there's a uh, need for outsourcing. I understand why some organizations in-house or, or bring onshore some, some stuff and outsource others. And that's just the reality of that. I wouldn't be too worried Rakesh on, on, on that. And I think your company should be all right if they've got good solid leadership and they have good solid relationships, leadership and relationships typically are able to withstand these types of moves. Um, a lack of both. And then I'd probably start looking for something else. One final question here. This question is coming from Amit in Israel. So, all right, Amit is asking, um, while you're in Israel um, and you're doing the live podcast, is there anything else you're looking forward to? Yes, I am, Amit. So, <laughs> love softball questions. Love those. That's why I picked, That's I think that's why they picked it. So, because we're almost at time here. So, um, a few things. One, um, I love um, surfing and that's something, uh, and, and the beach. So, I spend so much time when I'm in Israel in the mornings on the beach, just I will be tanner than what I look like right now. Um, when you see the content coming out of Israel, I just will be cause I'll be in the sun. So keep that in mind. Um, I love the food culture in Israel. Israel is one of the better culinary spots in the country, in the world. Um, for, for me, I, I just, I go to Israel and I eat, and I eat and I eat and I typically don't gain a lot of weight because Israel is a city, a country where you, you walk around a lot. You're very active and, and, and I tend to do that anyways. So um, I'm, I'm not doing that. Plus being in Passover and it's very exciting doing a live podcast in Israel, Israel for me is also very, very exciting. Um, I really do love the cyber culture and, and the minds in Israel. And I hope that this time with the content we produce, we'll, we'll be able to showcase it beyond just what traditional um some of, the, of our traditional interviews have been and so um i'm really excited for that and that's uh the the, the live podcast i mean is, is april 16th and through the 16th uh, on the 16th and through the 18th i'll be recording a ton of content um with some great great partners in israel and some great sosos and, and i'm really looking forward to it so um you guys stay tuned may and june will be uh, i'll be dropping a lot of that content and, and I'm sure everyone here will, will appreciate it and love it. So that's it for, for kind of me as me, the CISO journey and some Q&A. You can always submit questions on our website. Just go to the contact us form, submit a question, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I get asked to mentor and I get a lot of messages on LinkedIn. So if it takes me a few days or even a week to get to you, I apologize. I just, my inbox gets stacked and, and a lot of it is garbage. And, and unfortunately, sometimes I got to sort through the garbage. I'm working on a chat GBT script. So hopefully be able to recognize good messages from bad ones um, and be able to give me the good ones so that I can reach out to the people who do need help and who are worthy of time uh, to do that. So I, I do apologize for those that that takes me a little bit longer. Uh, we'll try to do this segment once every season. So we'll see 20 episodes a season. One episode of this might be, not be, may not be too shabby. So with that being said, thank you all for tuning in. I really do appreciate your support. Please make sure to subscribe and share the podcast. Go check out the podcast that I did with Tom, Don, Don Becca, sorry, and Olivia Rose and 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 George and and his book, the project uh, Project Zero Trust. There's so many awesome episodes and some great ones coming up. 
Uh, I have Patrick Gall coming up, uh, the executive director of the NTSC. We're going to talk about cybersecurity policy on the Hill. Is anything going to get passed this year? Are we looking at 50 privacy laws like we are in data breach notification? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a good episode. You'll want to hear what Pat has to say. He spends a lot of time in DC, a lot of time on the Hill, a lot of time promoting the voice of the CISO. And so that's, that's going to be a great one. Uh, I've got Tom Marsland of VetSec on to talk about hiring veterans for your organization and how you can support VetSec uh, coming up right here before Memorial uh, Day uh, at the end of, of May. So all of that, some great content coming. So, so don't, don't West Knight, a veteran CISO will be uh, one of the next episodes as well. So don't miss out. These are going to be some great, great shows. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned for those. Please make sure to subscribe, get alerted. These episodes air every week on Tuesday at 1 PM Eastern. And you can catch it on your favorite podcast listening platform every week on Tuesday. That's it for us here. Thank you all for tuning in. Really appreciate y'all. Great time. Most importantly, stay cyber safe. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. And get all the latest information at cyberhubpodcast.com.